Shan Elizabeth Selway got into film music in what many would consider the wrong order. She gathered her industry experience first and then went to study. We're going to talk about the pros and cons of that and also explore the differences between writing for shorts, features and documentaries because Shan's done it all. Welcome to the Soundtrack.academy podcast, bringing you advice on soundtrack composition and production, as well as insights into the media music industry. Each week, I talk with a guest working in media music to discuss how they got started, their creative process, and other knowledge they've gained from their experiences. For links, show notes, and to see all of my previous guests, visit soundtrack.academy slash podcast. Please subscribe to the show on iTunes, Stitcher, or your favorite platform. And if you enjoy the show, please also leave me a review. It not only helps me to convince these wonderful guests to join me, but also helps other people find the show too. Shan is an award-winning composer who's worked on many highly acclaimed projects and is going from strength to strength as she adds up more and more feature films to her credits. But one of the really interesting things about Shan is her diversity. In her film work, she's tackled short films, feature films, documentaries, and even children's TV shows. And beyond the film world, she's written for chamber choirs, music libraries, and even for live, dance, and theatre projects. She's a true example of someone who's built a diverse portfolio around her passion. And of course, she shares all of her insights, advice, and lessons learned completely openly for us to benefit from. So let's get to it. Hi, Sean. Thank you so much for joining me on the show today. Oh, you're very welcome. It's my pleasure. Good to be here. Great. Can we start with a little bit about who you are and what it is that you do? Yeah, of course. So um, for, I would say about the last three years, um, I've been a professional composer for film and TV. Um, And my first feature film came in 2016, which it was um, about a year after I graduated uh, from my composition degree. And um, that was a a thriller feature film called By Any Means, um, which was um, a great experience to work on because it had a a couple of well-known actors from the the USA in. And the story was very, um, it was very sort of edge of your seat stuff. It was about a C-list celebrity who gets kidnapped, held for ransom, and there's so many twists and turns. So that was a really, really exciting project for me to work on. So So um, that was sort of my first uh, professional um, uh, gig, I suppose. Um, Prior to that, as I said, I was doing my my degree, which I started in uh, 2012 and graduated in 2015, um, which was fantastic. And I just learned so much and it really sort of crystallised my desire to work in this industry. Great. So your first feature was a thriller? That's right. Yes. Like a, a thriller mystery. And, um, I, I really, in particular, I really love thrillers, you know, psychological thrillers and things like that. For me, that's really my, my sort of genre because you can do so much in terms of, in terms of music and style. You can either play it really obviously and, um, you know, just do obviously dark music or you can actually juxtapose it slightly. So you sort of take the audience you know, you you kind of veer off course with the music, which can also be a very effective way of, of scoring for thrillers. So, um, yeah, I'd definitely say that thrillers were uh, was my genre, as it were. Obviously, I love doing other things as well, but certainly for me, thriller thriller is uh, uh, the most fun. Yeah, a lot of music in most thrillers as well. It must have been quite intimidating for a first project. 
Yeah, I mean, um, to be honest with you, I was really, really scared. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to lie, it was really, really scary um, because obviously I'd only been, you know, I was sort of fresh out of university really and um, and I just thought, oh my God, you know, a full-length feature film. But it's obviously, it's what I've wanted to do now for a long time and, I, you know, I, I did so much training um, and I, I felt confident that, that I could deliver. So, um, so yeah, no, that, that was really great. And then, um, my second feature film, which I did in 2017, which was released in 2018, was called Mother of All Secrets. And again, that was, um, again, it was another psychological thriller and that was really good fun to work on. And it had, um, Kelly McGillis in from, from Top Gun, who, who you may remember. Yeah. So that, that was really good. And obviously it got a lot of attention. And um, that was subsequently released by Marvistra Entertainment out in the USA, and it's available on major USA platforms. So, um, no, that was another really, really good thing to to work on as well. Great. And is the music created in the box for these, or are you actually recording instrumentalists as well? Um, so a combination of both. I mean, obviously, neither of the films had huge budgets to work with, sadly, which sure. is the case these days, most of the time. Um, but for me, obviously, I, I do find that having a live musician is so important, even if you only use one it really adds all the difference. So what I tend to do is say, for example, if you're recording, you know, string strings, um, I would use my samples, which obviously a very high quality. But then what I would normally do is I'd get a session musician just to overdub a couple of lines, even if it's just say one or two violins, just having those intermixed with the samples can make such a difference. It really, really can. So that's normally the way the way I tend to do things. Great. And do you score out their parts yourself as well? Yeah, so um, what I tend to do is use some remote guys in Los Angeles who are really good and they have a fantastic turnaround time. So what I do is I actually score the parts out for them. And obviously, because they're expert sight readers, that's not a problem at all. So I just score the parts out and um, email them uh, uh, to them over in the States. And then normally within 24, 48 hours, I, I get a web of a recording. It's fantastic. Brilliant. And then I just simply just place that into my into my session so they're set up over there they've got the, their own studio they do all the recording and everything that's right yeah yeah Brilliant. so um no i was really lucky to have found them yeah um so I, I jumped ahead of myself then and got straight into process kind of stuff i normally spend a bit more time talking about how you how you learned music how you first got into music as well so what were your beginnings okay so um well i mean going right back now i um, started learning the piano at around age 10. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I went through, you know, all my grades, one to eight. Um, so I had a very classical, rigorous training, which I think, you know, is important. And then when I was about 15, when I was doing GCSE music, I then composed my first piece. Mm-hmm. So I thought, oh, okay, you know, I, I, I seem to be quite good at this and I really enjoy it. Um, maybe this is a potential career path to go down and I'd always loved films I'd always loved TV and I kind of thought well wouldn't it be great if I could actually um 
you know, utilise my music in such a way as to serve, you know, a narrative or an on-screen story. So that's really how the whole idea came about. And then um, after my after I completed my AS levels, um, I then did a BTEC National Diploma in Music Practice, did that for a couple of years. Um, and then, oddly enough, after I did that, I then took about a five-year gap year to actually... Um, sort of get industry experience because I kind of felt well I could jump into my degree now or I could just kind of mature a bit more as a person um you know get some industry connections and actually do a bit of hands-on work and and that's that's what I did so I did you know just music for for short films and local stage productions and I just kind of earned my stripes that way and then um, in 2012, I then did my degree in music composition for film and media um, at the University of Brighton, which was delivered by Northbrook College, which is, I mean, I, I cannot speak highly enough of those guys. They, um, the, the level of teaching was just exemplary. It really was. And I learned so much from them and I found it so inspiring. And I can safely say that so far that you know, my degree has probably been the best three years of my life. It just really, um, you know, solidified my my passion and my desire to, to do what I do. So, um, and uh, then, as I said, I, I graduated in 2015 and 2016, I, I got my first feature. So um, the rest is history, as they say. <laughs> <laughs> are, are you glad you did your um, studies that way around, that you had industry experience first and went to uni? Or, or do you ever think that you wish you just went straight in and straight to uni from school? No, not at all. Um, I mean, I, 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 uh, I very much think I made the right decision. In as much as I, I did my my BTEC, which I guess is sort of A level equivalent. Yeah. And I, I finished that when I was quite young, and I, I knew nothing about the industry really. I, I didn't, you know, obviously at that age you think you know everything, but you don't. <laughs> <laughs> and I just thought it would be a really good idea just to, you know, go out into the into the real world for a bit. And um, I mean, I only worked on, you know, sort of small fry things, you know, just the odd short film and um, local stage productions. But it was a really, really good way for me to actually learn a little bit about the industry before. Yeah. And obviously, I did meet some really good people um, along the way as well, who I still keep in touch with now. So, um, so yeah, I, I certainly think that I, I did things the, the, the right way around. And obviously, when I finished my degree, I was perfectly placed to then, you know, take it that step further. Yeah, yeah, because you already had the fundamentals beforehand. Mm. Mm. Yeah, exactly. And how did you come about finding those first projects, the short films and the theatre production, things like that? Um, very basically networking. Um, I know that's pretty much a, a cliched answer, <laughs> but but it really, I mean, if if you don't put yourself out there, there's there's just no way that, that no one's ever going to find out about you. And that's that's the honest truth, because as you know, we're we're in an industry where it's so saturated and there's so many people wanting the same things essentially, and there's so much talent, you know. I think I think the level of talent out there is mind-blowing. So you really, really do need to be very um, rigorous in how you market yourself and you need to be very um, rigorous with with how you how much you network as well um, I mean it is nerve-wracking that's for sure I mean there's nothing more intimidating than walking into a room full of strangers and, and not knowing you know who you're meant to go up to but I mean it's it, it's a necessary evil I, I think um, because without 
without doing it, then there's just no way you're going to get your name out there. And it, it literally is a case of just going to as many networking events as possible, speaking to as many people as possible, picking up as many business cards as you can. But then most importantly, it's also about following up with those connections. So there's no point going to a networking event and then not following up because then that's just, you know, a bit of a waste of time. It's it's crucial that you actually follow up with people and, um, you know, within a reasonable amount of time and just take things from there. And to be honest, that's how I've I've managed to get a lot of my work. Right. And when you say following up, do you, do you sort of, are you following up with a pitch or are you just keeping in touch? No, literally just keeping in touch. And a lot of the time people say, oh, you know, I'm, I'm doing this feature or this short film or something like that. And we'll, we'll need music for that at some point. So then it's just a question of saying, well, you mentioned that you needed music. So, you know, let's, let's work together and just send them your showreel or whatever and uh, take things from there. That's great. Mm. I heard a really nice tactic from um, Nicholas Nicholas Bratel. I was listening to one of his interviews the other day. Oh yeah, it's not not so much a tactic, but just what, what one of the things he does after he meets with a director and talks about a film is sends them um, has sent them just like a playlist of songs that might be might inspire the film, and he's got oh, work that way as well. Yeah, I thought that was really yeah that's. That is interesting, yeah, because um, I've actually done something similar in as much as a director would then email me a script of their feature film and then I would read it and then I would actually come up with, um, you know, a list of themes or something, you know, yeah. say three themes and then send that to them and, and just say, you know, do you feel as though you could work with any of these? So, um, yeah, no, it's that's interesting. Yeah, no, great. So how, how did you move from those short films and the early stuff into those feature films? Um, so basically my first feature film in 2016, um, I've got to say that was basically being in the right place at, at the right time. What yeah. happened was I had a, um, a friend and a contact who knew this company who were doing their first feature film. And he just said, you know, it might just be worth me, um, putting you guys in touch. And he did just that. And at the time the company already had a composer on board. So um, they said to me, oh, well, you know, if if for whatever reason it doesn't work out with this other guy, then we'll, we'll come to you. So I said, okay, no, that's, that's fine. Um, and then literally a, a few weeks later, I had an email from them saying, oh, Sean, um, I was just wondering, we, we had to sadly let go of our other composer. Would you mind, you know, having a Skype call with us. Oh, wow. So I was like, well, yeah, of course, that 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 would be amazing. And we had a Skype call and we just had, you know, we chatted more about the film and what's involved and what their requirements were and the budget and so forth. And um, and then the next day they they sent me an email saying that they, they'd like to, to have me on board as, as composer. So that's that's really how I got my my first one. That was... Um, that was certainly a case, I think, of being in the right place at the right time. Yeah, but like you say, and also just making good contacts and keeping, exactly. keeping in touch with them. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. So it's a combination of making good contacts, keeping in touch with them, and essentially being in, in the right place at the right time. It is a numbers game, I, I very <laughs> much think. Yeah, yeah. So once, you, once you've um, signed on to a film, you, you have the film to work on. What's your process like when you start on a new project? As a as a as a pianist, do you always start at the piano, or or do you start by thinking? What do you do first? Yeah, no, that's that's a really interesting question. Um, 
I think a lot a lot of the time what I do is I actually is I sit down and I and I watch the piece of film. Um and also what what I have done more recently is actually taking existing pieces of music and playing them against the film just so I can get an idea of what kind of pace and what kind of tempo would work. Um, I find that, yeah, I find that, I mean, I've only started doing that only very recently, but I found it to be really useful. And then, yes, because I am a pianist, I then I then just sit down at the piano and come up with some themes, with some ideas, with some possible, you know, harmonic harmonic changes and things like that. And I just kind of build a general picture of what of what it is that I want to do and then it's just a question of then sequencing my main themes fleshing out the orchestration and just really taking things from there um I mean it's it's strange really because I find the whole process of composing music very um ethereal I guess because it's kind of you you start with this you know embryo of an idea and then all of a sudden it just, you know, turns into something that's really tangible and that people can listen to and enjoy. And sometimes you don't quite know how you get there. It just happens. <laughs> I've found that a lot of the time, really. Um, but, yeah, generally my process is that I watch the film and then, you know, maybe try out some existing pieces and then get onto the piano and, and take things from there, really. Have you found that you've ever had any, any kind of real surprises when you've put music, not your music, the existing pieces against a film, anything that's really you've thought might not work but really has actually yeah yeah definitely um something that i that i um i was a bit of a loss at how to to start and i thought well i'll just try you know see what what pace this gives um and i wasn't very optimistic about it but as soon as i put the two together i thought yeah it needs something fast paced um something very you know quite cheerful quite optimistic in tone and then I just you know got got on with it from there really so it's definitely you know a useful thing to do and yes as you say it can bring about some surprises when you least expect them yeah do you not find that you sometimes that you might get um too attached to a piece or or that starts pushing you in a really specific direction I know that's that's a common complaint with a lot of uh, with temp tracks for a lot of composers yeah definitely um not really no because I I think it just gives me literally a flavour and an idea. And then um, because obviously I've been doing this for quite a long time, I feel quite confident that I'll be able to do something original within within kind of like that feel, yeah. if that makes sense. And oh, totally. um, yeah, um, I mean, temp music, yeah, that's, that's, another, that's <laughs> another thing really. I mean, the directors can get a little bit attached to it, um, but it's just really a question of keeping within that, genre i guess and then putting your own original stamp on it i guess that's the best way of describing it really sure and when you write um do you tend to try and sort of sketch out as much as you can first or do you kind of pad out all the the full sound and the full orchestration as you go um i tend to yeah i tend to actually um pad it out as i go actually so if i've got a theme i then put the theme down and then i i really take as much time as I physically can to, you know, really focusing on the orchestration or even if it's not orchestral, even if it's more electronic, really get those textures and those layers just right. Um, because I think if you tend to rush things like that, it can, you know, come out a little bit 
haphazard. So I think it really is important to um, take as much time as you can to properly pad it out and do it in a very, you know, controlled, controlled way, really. I mean, obviously, these days with so many tight deadlines, you've got to work really quick. But I really do like to spend as much time as I can get away with on, on really padding it out and orchestrating it. Johnny here, and I hope you're enjoying the show so far. If you want to learn the ins and outs of soundtrack composition, including the skills and equipment you'll need, as well as the entire process of creating music for the moving image, you can download my free ebook, The Media Scoring Guide, by visiting soundtrack.academy ebook. It's a 40 page, 10,000 word book outlining everything you need to know to get started. Visit soundtrack.academy ebook to get your copy for free today. Now let's get back to our guest. And when you when you talk about those electronic sounds or the textures and things like that, do you spend a lot of time really focusing on your on your sound design? And that's quite often quite a key part of thriller music. Yeah, actually, well, um, funnily enough, um, my third feature film, which is going into final mix probably sometime next month, which is uh, really exciting. Um, that for that film, it's called Weapon, and it's very gritty and nasty and and edgy. And the director said to me that he wanted the score to be very similar, you know, Trent Reznor kind of style. So okay. um, you know, Gone Girl, Social Network, that kind of thing. And um, to be honest, it was completely new to me. I had never really done a purely electronic score before, so um, I had brilliant fun. Um, you know, manipulating sounds and trying out different textures. Um, so, yeah, very a lot of my time when I was working on the score for that was focused on my my sound design, I guess, and and how I manipulated the the sounds and and took something and, and made it completely, you know, turned it on its head and twisted it around and distorted it. Um, I found that such amazing good fun and for me it was very liberating because as I say it was the first time that I've ever really done a purely electronic score so that was great fun to work on. How much did you find that it changed your approach or your process? Um no I mean it it what what it gave me was really was sort of a new a new way of doing things because before then I guess I was a lot more you know piano strings orchestra and now I feel as though I've got, you know, that other avenue, which, you know, is 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 something that I can really, really hone and really do well. Um, so it's just for me, given me another area um, that I can explore and incorporate in, in other projects, I guess. Sure. It'd be interesting because you, you've worked on uh, quite a lot of short films and obviously a few feature films now as well. Mm. What do you see as the main differences when you work on a short film versus a feature film, other than the huge amount of extra music? Mm. No, that's a really interesting question. Um, I guess with with short films, there's you've got to fit a lot more music in if that's the requirement of the director. Um, I mean, with with short films, I think what's really important is you get your key themes in there straight away and you really really establish what what the music is what the soundtrack is because there's not a huge amount of time to really you know form an arc whereas you've got that luxury on a feature film you get to kind of develop a score arc where you can just 
slowly, you know, introduce themes, different textures. And I think that's the main difference, really. I think with a feature film, you have um, more time, so you have more of a luxury to actually, you know, slowly incorporate things. Whereas with a short film, it's all over and done with. So you've you've got to be a little bit more quick with with how you introduce your themes but not in such a way where you're overpowering the film so it's it's quite quite a difficult art i would say to to get right yeah pop songs versus symphonies i guess <laughs> oh i know <laughs> <laughs> cool uh, also you've um, you've worked on quite a few documentaries as well i saw that's right yeah so at the moment um i'm working on two documentary series um and i've yeah, that's what I'm currently working on, and they've been they've been really enjoyable. Um, so one of the series, it's a three part series called Remote Airfields, and um, it's it basically takes you to really remote parts of the world where you wouldn't necessarily think you you can travel to. So in in a sense, they're kind of um, you know travel films, okay. and the footage has just been absolutely incredible. Um, you know, beautiful underwater shots of marine life, um, you know, lovely beaches. And it's it's been a real treat to compose for because with that kind of material, it's very, very inspiring, um, you know, when you've got such beautiful images to work to. Um, so that's been really nice. And the the other series is called Learning to Fly, and it's that's a six-part series um, aimed for TV. And it basically follows this um, young woman who, um, as, as the title implies, learns how to fly and gets her pilot's licence. And, in fact, she's the, um, she's the first female pilot to have ever flown with the American Air Force. So, um, yeah. again, that's been a very inspiring thing to have been able to have composed for because, you know, you're... Um, you know, you're you're really rooting for her and you really want her to succeed and it's such a pleasure to be able to, you know, accompany that really. Yeah, yeah. I totally understand what you mean about those, the inspiring visuals. I'd worked on a, mm. on a, docu- a surfing documentary a few years ago and just same kind of thing. The visuals were just amazing. Wow. And almost to the point where you're like, you could just play one piano note and it would be fine. <laughs> I know, <laughs> I know. That's, that's the thing. The images just speak for themselves, don't they really? Yeah. So, um yeah no it's such a treat to be able to you know have that 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 kind of image there it's um it's a real pleasure and in terms of the uh, of the concept for documentaries do you approach that any differently to your fiction based films um invariably for documentaries and particularly the ones that I'm working on now the music should be quite minimal um i've yeah, that's what I've generally noticed for for documentaries. They, um, the filmmakers tend to to like subtlety mm. over, you know, very, very thick, heavy scores. Um, and again, it's really important, I think, because I very much like working with motifs and light motifs and things like that, and actual simple melodies that 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 one can actually hook onto. Um, and I think that's just as important in in a documentary. So um, I have, you know, my theme obviously from the opening, and then I I tend to sort of orchestrate that in different ways, or um, just have the piano playing it. So it is a little bit more of a different approach, I'd say, for documentaries. Um, certainly, the filmmakers seem to favour subtlety over anything else. 
There can often be quite a lot more dialogue as well in documentaries, can't there? Exactly, exactly, yeah. And um, that's a good point because obviously because there's so much dialogue and there's so much narration, um, the music can sometimes be in danger of of swamping it. Mm-hmm. And so what I tend to do is I tend to really listen to the frequency of the narrator's voice. Say, for example, if it's a female voice in sort of the, the mid-range Generally, you want to avoid having um, mid-frequency instruments and textures because then that would tend to interfere with the actual frequency of the voice. So it's all about that really as well to get the balance right. That's such a great consideration of writing around the dialogue. Mm, mm, And something I think that's quite hard, obviously there's a lot of people working in library music now as well and a lot of library music has placements on TV and things. And that's quite easy to that's forget right. that there's going to be dialogue on top of library music too, and you have to work around that. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, I mean, I think I think as music makers, we do tend to forget that obviously we've got to account for you know voices being in the way and um, and things like that. Because I think ultimately a composer just wants to um, you know show what they can do musically, and that's hard because sometimes you've got to rein yourself in and and really be aware of of the other frequencies involved. Definitely. Yeah. So what do you think are the essential skills that a a film music composer needs to learn? What skills do you find yourself drawing on most often? Okay, so I think it's very, very important to um, be able to write themes. Um, I think that's really important because even though a lot of the time scores nowadays have gone more in towards the sound design area. I do still think it is so, so key to be able to come up with distinctive original themes because that way you you give the programme or the film that you're working on an identity, and I think that is so, so important. Um, I mean, many of the great film scores have had themes, and the moment you hear them, you know, you you just you know it's associated with the film, mm-hmm. and I think for me that's that's really important is the development and the exposition of themes. I, I think that's really really key in a successful score. How difficult do you think it is to get themes sounding and and working in a modern context? You know, what I mean, like you say, a lot of the film scores now are quite pad based and sound yeah. design based. Mm, mm, that's right. Yeah, um, I think probably a good idea would be to try and amalgamate the two so say for example I mean nowadays you also get a lot of hybrid scores as well don't you you know orchestral and electronic so maybe that's the way forward maybe it's a question of actually having your your theme played by your orchestra or your piano or or whatever instrument you choose and then just having your electronics maybe surrounding that as a as a bed or as an accompaniment I mean there's there's many ways I think that you can successfully incorporate the two in order to keep it modern and up-to-date Great. I do think themes have seen themes seem to be making a, a bit of a, a comeback recently as well, don't they? Mm, mm, absolutely. And it's really I think it's really good to see that because um there was a point where I was thinking, oh gosh, you know, it's it's just all sound design and there's there's no good old fashioned themes anymore. But no, as you say, they do seem to be making a, a comeback, which is encouraging, certainly. Yeah, yeah. So speaking about your experiences in the industry, um, what hurdles do you think women composers are currently facing in the media music industry? Um, well, I think it, well, I mean, it is very much a, a male dominated area. And I think, I think a lot of the time 
people don't associate a film composer being a woman. And I think it's all about changing that perception um, because everyone kind of seems to relate to a composer being a man. And I'm sure it has something to do with, you know, back in the classical and the romantic era, the vast majority of composers were were men, of course. Mm-hmm. And I think I think we're still I think we're still, you know, stuck in that, to be honest. Um, I think it's literally all about changing perception. I mean, things are getting better for women, you know, a lot more women are coming to the fore now, not just in, in film music, but in all in all fields. And that's really encouraging to see. And I I mean, there is still, I mean, I, I do read a lot of the time that there's still a big inequality. There's still a, a big, big um gap, you know, in, in gender employment in the industry. And also there's there's still very, very few women um, you know, doing film industry jobs, um, particularly composing. And um I I think I think probably one of the main the main hurdles is I really think it's about perception. Um I, th- I think that, you know, we have to have a complete sea change with how we view the industry. And I think I think women should be given, you know, far more of a voice. And there are some great organisations out there that promote the work of women, which I'm I'm me- I'm a member of, and um, they do they do extraordinary work. But ultimately, it is still it is still a, an uphill struggle. And I can only hope that you know perceptions do start changing and that there's more opportunities for women because there is there is an unspoken prejudice there and um it's just something that you've got to work through I think that if you're passionate and you're hardworking and you're dedicated to what you do then I think that will shine through regardless of your gender yeah the perception thing I I think is is really key I spoke to um uh Edith Mudge a couple of weeks ago I think her episode Mm. will come out just a couple of weeks before yours Mm. And, and she was saying that it wasn't it wasn't until she got involved with groups like the alliance of women composers and just saw that women can do this that she suddenly realized oh i can do that too then and that was it that was just a massive turning point for her because Mm. her perception up until then was that it was a technology game and that women couldn't use technology and things like that as a woman herself i mean gosh that's interesting yeah Yeah. just literally seeing other women do it just made her realize that Mm. That it, it's, and that seems to have completely changed her outset and her approach to it and her confidence when it came to networking and things like that. That's fantastic. That's fantastic. Yeah, no, that's that's really, really inspiring. And um, yeah, I just think, you know, the more women do it and, you know, the more the more confident women can get in actually pursuing this as a career, then perception will will change. I'm I'm sure of that. Great. So speaking, I, I snuck in talking about technology there as well. What is your go-to uh, equipment in terms of software that you're using? If you use any hardware, things like that as well? Okay, so my my go-to piece of software is Cubase. Um, I have always really loved Cubase. I think it's very user-friendly. It's um, I, I learned on it very, very fast. Um, and I've been using it now for you know, the best part of 10 years. So that is my, that is my go-to program. It it really is. I've tried Logic, but it, it doesn't work for me as well. Um, I don't, I don't find it as user-friendly. So, um, I mean, I know everyone's got their own preferences, but for me, it's, it's Cubase. 
it's come on amazingly in the last, particularly the last kind of five years as well, Cubase. Is oh, just, it's incredible. Yeah. yeah, it's incredible. Yeah, there's so many interesting features and um, no, I, I really enjoy using it. So that's definitely my go-to. And what kind of sample libraries do you use most often? Okay, so I use the Vienna Symphonic Library okay. and I also use East West Hollywood. Um, and I, I occasionally use Spitfire as well. And they're my three main go-tos. And what, what I do is I actually, I don't actually ever use one on its own. I incorporate them all because when you're creating, you know, a mock-up orchestral score, it's very important to get the samples all intermixed together because obviously then you'll get the different tones and the different variations and the different sounds. And that's that's going to sound a lot more authentic in, in the final product. So, um, yeah, I use a combination of those three. Great. And do you have, do you have templates set up or do you start from, from fresh every time? I start from fresh every time. Yeah. I, funnily enough, I never do templates. Never. <laughs> I really don't know why that is. I, I just, um, I just tend to just, you know, jump in there and start fresh every time that, that seems to be the way that works best for me. Great. I've heard pros and cons for, for both. Some people absolutely swear by them. Some people hate them. Because, you know, you can feel a bit paint by numbers sometimes when you just have everything there already. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. I think I think that's that's the key thing for me as to why I don't use them. They, yeah, it can feel a little bit like painting by numbers and I just like to see what I... I, I like it to grow organically, really. That's That's the way I like to do things. Right. So when you start something, you don't kind of plan all of your instruments out and load them all up. You, you'll start with one instrument and then add to it when you feel it needs Exactly. Something. Exactly. Yeah, that's exactly how I do it. Yeah. So I guess I work very organically and I always have done. So, um, yeah, that, that tends to be my, my process and, and what works best for me, certainly. Cool. And what's, what's the one thing you like the most about what you do? Oh gosh. Well, <laughs> I, Oh, that's a big question. <laughs> um, I mean, I I can't imagine myself doing anything else. This is the career for me. And I guess what I, I love most about it is actually enhancing the visuals. So for a documentary, um, when you've got, you know, a lovely piece of imagery, I like to enhance that with my own original music. When I have a feature film, um, I love to actually enhance the character's journey and their emotions through the medium of, of music and, you know, giving them their own theme that people can relate to. And also for me, what I find very special is that essentially at the heart of music is emotion and music can express what, what words can't. So I, I really love the fact that I'm able to contribute to that kind of you know, that, that sort of spiritual level of connecting with, with your feelings. I find that really special. Yeah. Great. That's a really, really great answer. <laughs> <laughs> I think, I think yeah, you're totally right. I think um, without music, I think an audience would really struggle to know how to feel in certain scenes. Mm, absolutely. So the fact absolutely. that you can tell them is really powerful. Definitely. Yeah. And I mean, there's been, you know, a lot of test done where people have seen the same piece of film but with and without music and every time without without exception they have always been more moved or more engaged with the picture when the score was on yeah. so yeah definitely, definitely. I, love the, I listened to um 
score the podcast quite a lot and they have a, a section with Dr. Sue Lantan who talks about she's done a lot of she's done a lot of research and studies into into that. Really fascinating. Oh yeah. Yeah. Mm, okay, on, on the mm. flip side, what about one thing that you dislike about what you do? Oh yeah. Um I would I would say I mean it it can be it can be very difficult sometimes when um you know for example things get lost in translation with your other colleagues um for example when a director or producer describes to you what they want you go away and do it and then they say no no that's completely not what i wanted <laughs> yet you have done it exactly to their brief and you can get these really weird briefs such as, um, oh, I want something quite moving, but with a little bit of lightness in it, yet not too much lightness so that you're too happy. But but then, you know, and they just it's just bizarre <laughs> what some people can say. It really is. And um, I find that sometimes, you know, a little bit, you know, it slows the process down sometimes. So yeah. I guess that's, that's something that, you know, is not so enjoyable. And also because it is such a hard industry, you know, there's – there's just so many kind of disappointments, I guess. Um, and it's just a question of being able to to work through those and not get too discouraged. But obviously I'd like there to be less disappointments, of course, as we all would. <laughs> of course. Okay. And another another one question. What would be your one piece of advice for someone who really wants to get started in composing for film? Okay. You have to be absolutely sure that this is what you want to do because there is a huge amount of work involved. Um, in the early stages of your career, you won't necessarily get, you know, the results that you want. It is it is a process of many, many years. You've got to be in it for the long haul. And if you can imagine yourself doing anything else, then do that because obviously this this is such a hard business and you have to be absolutely certain that this is what you want to do with your life because it's it's not an easy road and um you just have to make sure that your passion can override all the you know adversities that you're going to come up against because there are going to be adversities and um you know even for people at the top of their game you know bad things can happen and you've just got to make sure that that you know what you're getting into basically that's that's my best piece of advice just like john williams said composing music is hard work <laughs> exactly <laughs> no exactly great well thank you so much once again for coming on the show shan oh my pleasure thank you for having me great thanks and take care take care bye now i hope that you learned plenty from that episode don't forget to grab your free copy of my ebook, The Media Scoring Guide, by visiting soundtrack.academy/ebook. In the book, I take you through all of the skills and equipment you'll need to be a media composer, as well as explaining the entire process of scoring a media music project. Once again, please subscribe and leave a review on your favorite platform, and we'll see you in next week's episode. Thanks for listening, and wherever you are in the world, I hope you have a creative day.